Gossip Nista here, your one and only source into the real lives of New Yorkers and what it's like to live in New York City. So is it all glitz and glamour? Where do you start? What should you know? And who am I? I'll tell you everything you need to know and you'll thank me for it. XOXO, Gossip Nista. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Gossip Nista podcast. I'm your host, Mariana Monks. Thanks for joining me. Today, we're talking wedding planning in the Big Apple with New York wedding planner, Ashley Perino. But first, in my last episode, we talked Upper East Side things with Carrie Sorensen, who shares insider tips on all fun things to do in the uptown neighborhood of Manhattan. So if you haven't tuned in, I definitely recommend it. You can listen anytime on episode 17. This week, in celebration of love and my two-year wedding anniversary, my guest brings her expertise in all things New York and wedding planning, particularly in a post-COVID world. So whether you dream of getting married someday, just got engaged, want to have a beautiful New York wedding, don't know where to start due to COVID, or just want to learn what the wedding planning process is all about, then this episode is for you. Join us and be sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at Gossip Nista Podcast for further tips. So without further ado, here is my interview with Ashley. Hi, Ashley. How are you doing today? I'm so happy to have you on our podcast. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for this. No, I'm excited. You were my wedding planner. We're talking (laughs) wedding planning today. And let's get started first with your New York story, Ashley. And I want to know, are you originally from New York? Yeah, so I grew up in upstate New York in Syracuse. And right after college, uh, I moved right to the city without a job, without an apartment. I just said, I want to live in the city and worked three jobs and made it work and found an apartment and have been here for 10 years now. Oh my gosh, that is so awesome. So you made it work. You yeah. just decided one day you want to be in the city, you know, hustled to kind of be able to stay in the city. And 10 years later, here you are. Here I am. And I, I also was just like, I don't want to stay at home in upstate New York. So and, <laughs> and then so you're originally from New York, but not like Manhattan, the city. So, yep. so what was it like growing up in, in Syracuse? Like, what's the differentiator between that and the city? I'm sure there's a big <laughs> I one. always just think it's more slow paced. Everyone that comes to New York City just says how busy and fast paced. And there's just this like life force here. And that's not why I haven't found that anywhere else. And that's what I feel like pulls me to always come back and stay here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because Syracuse is more like just chill, more country. Like yeah. what, what's it like? Uh, it's not a city. It's not country per mm-hmm. se, but it's yeah, more laid back. Um, and I, I also just think business and opportunity wise, New York City is the place to be. A hundred percent. And and so in that sense, Ashley, you know, you got here. Where is the neighborhood you landed upon? I currently live in Murray Hill, kind of borderline Midtown East, but in upper 30s. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've actually been in my apartment for nine years. 
Oh my gosh. Was that your first apartment moving into New York? No, I lived up in Spanish Harlem for the first like 15 months of Mm. living in New York and then came down here and have been here ever since. Oh, that is awesome. So that, that's, that's a good tenure there yeah. at that location. Crazy. But, okay, so you're in Murray Hill. And what would you say your experience in New York has been like? I think it's been, I've been lucky enough that I had a lot of friends that I went to college with because I went to a state school. So a mm-hmm. lot of them still live in the city. And I think that's been great to have. But also I've met an insane amount of people here and some have become like my best friends. Like I'm in Mm -hmm. someone's wedding that I found online as a roommate to live with me a few years ago. It's it's crazy how those friendships and relationships can occur. Um, So I, I just, I love it here. It's been, it's crazy. It's been 10 years. It doesn't feel like that. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, from working a bunch of jobs, then getting, um, laid off in my early 20s to launching this company. It's been a whole mix, but I feel like you always can bounce back here. There's always opportunities. Yes, New York is resilient. There's always opportunities. I love that you're saying that. And so in that sense, what is it that you've liked and disliked about New York? I really like that there's always something to do here. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's right now outside dining, but you can try like any new restaurant or rooftop opening, um, going to see new exhibits at museums and things like that, and just exploring the city. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, just always having something to do is what I really like. What I dislike, Mm -hmm. I mean, there are a few things, but one thing I feel like is a struggle that you don't even really think about is like not having a car or... Like when you want to leave, it's such a hassle. Like you have to figure out train times or buses or renting a car. And there's just so many moving parts. Whereas if you live in another area, you could easily just go get in your car (laughs) and leave. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I find Mm -hmm. that kind of more of a struggle that you don't, I guess, realize until you have to leave and go somewhere. Okay. And you, when you say leave because you're going, what, give us yeah, an like example. Yeah, I'm going to out to Long Island or the Hamptons or even up to Syracuse. It's just always like planning to do to, for like a trip. Like if I go mm-hmm. out to Long Island, it takes me probably like two hours when the drive is probably like a half hour. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Like two hours. To, what point are you talking to? Because I'm thinking two hours Hamptons, right? But when you're saying 30 minutes driving. Even to like mid Long Island, I feel like just because you have to transfer two trains and I mean, maybe I'm exaggerating, but like from door to door, it probably could be two hours. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> Anything else you dislike? Because that's just one thing, like the getting out of, of New York and not having... I mean, I can say like the trash, but <laughs> that's like a common. <laughs> that's a signature. That is a signature of New York. But yes, that is getting a little yeah. wild. Okay, well, thanks for sharing that, Ashley. Now, I mean... Do you have any plans of ever leaving the city, you know, especially now, given that all that's happened and, you know, things aren't accessible as what they used to be? Right. Um, I mean, I did when all this happened um, with COVID starting in March, I went upstate to see to stay with family and just to get out of the city. But I was dying to get back. So I came back for the summer. I just I Mm -hmm. don't. 
I love it here. <laughs> I don't picture myself moving away um, mm-hmm. for the time being. So obviously plans can change, but we'll see what happens. I just, I feel like there's just so much still here. Um, and still a lot of people here. My friends are here. So I'm still staying. Great. City's not quitting. Ashley's not nope. quitting. We're, we're bouncing back. On, on on that sense, you know, we just we just talked about we're not leaving the city. But you know, do you think the city will ever return to what it used to be? Yeah, I definitely do. Honestly, there's just so much here. New York City will always adapt. It's nothing that's going to happen overnight whatsoever. But I. I really do believe it will become a thriving city soon enough. And, you know, we just have to push through this lull and low that we're all experiencing, but eventually like things will change and, and also just adapt more like offices might become something new. They may be more residential and stuff can be more affordable. Like who knows what will happen, but it'll be exciting to see what changes will be made. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you kind of noted those type of things. There will be change and it is exciting to kind of see what those changes are. It, it won't be the original New York that we know, and you know, but are you okay with that? Yeah, but also, uh, I know it's hard to say like, it won't be the original, but just think like even the High Line that is now a park, it used to just be like a railroad that was sitting there. And now it's like a fun park Mm -hmm. that people go to. So I just feel like something good will come of this and new innovation. Um, Who knows what it will be, but I think it will be exciting. Mm -hmm. I do. I like, I like that you reference that. And, and while you mentioned the High Line, you know, why don't you like, let us know what are some, some spots that you absolutely love about, about New York and visiting and recommend to people? I, I love doing things outside when weather mm-hmm. is nice. Um, mm-hmm. So Central Park, just exploring there, walking the High Line, and then there's just way too many food options <laughs> to even mm-hmm. go into. Um, but one of the biggest things that I just tell people when they come here is just walk as much as you can because there's so many things to be seen, so many little places to stumble upon that will alone just like make your trip or your day, whatever you're doing, uh, mm-hmm. a little different. Yeah. And worthwhile. Definitely. That's something that my husband and I do all the time. And I'm going to just stop saying how many times we do it because we walk a lot. And it's so amazing exploring new areas and neighborhood and finding different things in every exactly. corner. So. On that note, lastly, in regards to, you know, your New York story and sharing some tips on this, what advice would you give to someone who is new to the city? I think it would be um, to not be afraid to try something new. As weird as that, like the whole, oh, try something Mm -hmm. new. But I really feel like, especially here, it pertains to it. Um, Like we were just saying, taking advantage of walking around and exploring like you can get caught up in such a bubble that like your work is or where you live that you only go to like that neighborhood so Mm -hmm. I found myself doing that plenty of times that I just stay kind of around where I know whereas Mm -hmm. going to a different neighborhood for dinner and just that I feel like is something that everyone should be doing because we just get so caught up in our own little bubbles. And also 
when I first moved here, I joined like sports leagues and like to meet new people and um, to just try stuff new so that you can experience it and you never know who you're going to meet, honestly. So I love that you were joining sports leagues. I did did a (laughs) volleyball and Uh kickball. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I think those are the only two. Where were these being held? So there are a few leagues. One was outside in Chelsea area. They have courts there that mm-hmm. flag football mm-hmm. was playing while volleyball was playing. And then you'd all go to the bar after and like drink. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there are a few indoor leagues that you played. Like when it was colder out, you would play um, in different like school gyms throughout the city. Okay, that sounds yeah, awesome. Is that is that feasible today? Not, not yet. We don't not yet. But like, so what are some alternatives? I mean, Facebook groups, New York Facebook yeah, groups, virtual up. Um, because I think I mean I obviously be aware of like what you should and should not be doing, but I think just doing there are probably like meetups that you could do for stuff outside. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also like there are gym classes that are now open doing again outside. So that could be a way to like interact with people um, and mm-hmm. just being conscious of being safe and whatnot. Thanks so much for sharing that, Ashley. Now I would love to transition into what brought you into the wedding planning career. So let's start there, Ashley. Gossip Nista here. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. I wanted to hop in here to ask that if you haven't yet, if you could please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen. This will help me reach more people and spread the word about New York City and those who love it. And if you want to stay up to date, be sure to follow at Gossipista Podcast on Instagram. Now, back to the show. When did you decide you wanted to be a wedding planner? Is there a story behind it? What is it you love about wedding planning? Yeah, I feel as though I always like – so I went to school for fashion merchandising, and I think that was Mm -hmm. a reason of another push as to why I came to New York City. There are a ton of fashion companies here, so Mm -hmm. I made the move. And so while I was in fashion, I just like loved (laughs) – like. Instagram wasn't a thing. So it was like Facebook or like wedding Mm blog. So I'd always do that, even though I was not planning a wedding or anything related to it. No (laughs) friends being married. But so when I came to New York, um, one of my jobs, I worked in marketing and did events for a fashion company. And that's where I loved, like, I realized I just love the aspect of event planning um, and being in that whole kind of sometimes high stress, but like just having a bunch of moving parts come together into this end beautiful masterpiece that I just Mm -hmm. like was so excited to be a part of. So I kind of went crazy and just decided to launch my own business in 2015. Wow. With no clients. (laughs) I said, you know, I'm just going to figure it out. And that's (laughs) really what I did. I think what the biggest thing for me was when I was launching is networking and making connections with vendors was like the biggest Mm. thing that propelled my business forward. And then once I got clients, them referring people to me 
-hmm. it just snowballed Mm -hmm. from like one person I've gotten like four wedding clients wow that is so awesome it just just the fact that you took entrepreneurship under your wing and like just ran with it and decided you were doing this and then also maybe got outside your comfort zone to network with new vendors and, and build uh, relationships with them and then kind of build off of that way. Like that, that is uncomfortable for some people, but that is amazing you did that. Oh yeah, I can completely see that. It definitely, it definitely is uh, interesting just putting yourself out there, but if you want something bad enough, you'll just make it happen. A hundred percent, no, two hundred percent on that one. So I love that you did that. Okay, so then, you know, what would you say your experience as a wedding planner? What, what has it been like here in New York City? So I, I know when I started, I kind of was nervous about just, you know, who am I? You know, that whole like, who am I mm-hmm. to be a wedding planner here? And is the market so saturated? But it really. I think, like you're saying before, it really did put me out of my comfort zone, which I think I had the most growth in doing it because of the connections, mm-hmm. like working with top rated vendors, and then having opportunities to work at these like iconic landmarks that if you say mm-hmm. the name, like people are like, oh my gosh, I know that place. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just been really special. And, and it is, it's work. It's nothing that's easy. And especially when you have to kind of know the city, at least from a venue perspective, like, and the vendors, like, you have to kind of know, like, be in the know with who's who, what's going on, what are trends. Um, But Mm -hmm. it's exciting. And I think it's really special to be able to work in New York City. A a couple notes here. Uh, Tell us, um, what is your your wedding planning business name? And uh, so people know that. And then also, what are some of these iconic locations you've worked at? Yeah, so my wedding planning business is just my name, Ashley Perino. I wanted Mm -hmm. to kind of create like a brand Mm -hmm. um, so that I can also do other things under that. Mm -hmm. Um, And some of the iconic places that I love that I feel as though people all know. So the boathouse at Central Park, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, Bryant Park Grill. Mm -hmm. Um, People don't know your venue, but 620 Lofton Garden, when they see pictures, people are like, oh my God, I saw that on Pinterest or I saw Mm -hmm. that on Instagram. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So I think that those are just you know, when you say that people like, Oh, wow. Yeah, I know all those locations you just mentioned, and they're beautiful. So that is good to know. Thanks for sharing that, Ashley. Now, you know, do you do weddings in other places other than New York City? I mean, are destination weddings something that you do? And are they happening right now? So I've had weddings since I'm from the Syracuse area, I've had weddings up there. Mm -hmm. And then also just kind of around the New York City area, so Long Island and Hamptons. And also I've had clients in New Jersey, Connecticut, Pennsylvania. Those were kind of more uh, wedding management, where it's mm-hmm. just like coordination, not full-on wedding planning. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that destination – so I actually work more with couples like you guys were that mm-hmm. were destination to New York City. Mm -hmm. Um, or they've either lived here and they're coming back to plan. So that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I have couples that were this year that are now next year doing destination to New York city. Okay. So, um, just to clarify here for the audience. So 
as I mentioned in the beginning, Ashley was our wedding planner. And Mm -hmm. at that time, my husband and I weren't living in New York City. So we were in in Los Angeles. So we uh, were introduced to Ashley through a mutual friend and she became my wedding planner. And so she was helping and coordinating with us as our wedding planner from, you know, the West Coast to the East Coast. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that is something that you, you do a lot of, you know, people coming from another state wanting to get married in New York and having that dream New York wedding like like we did. Yeah, exactly. Like people that since you guys can't be here mm-hmm. uh, physically during it all, it's nice to just have, and I'm sure you can attest, I'm not going to toot my own horn, but it's <laughs> nice to have someone here that knows like what's going on and also just physically here um, that can help. Like if you guys couldn't be at something that I would go deal with it, that kind of thing. guys. I can't say like having a wedding planner and just them having those relationships they already have built and being able to do most of the communication with your vendors and just, you know, taking things off your plate and just knowing the city more in and out than you do was so helpful. So yes, a hundred percent agreed there, Ashley. Um, so, you know, in regards to, um, the services you provide, like give us, give us an overview exactly of, you know, all the services you provide for couples. Yeah. So the biggest is obviously full planning wedding. Mm -hmm. So that includes literally everything. So from budget management to booking all vendors to helping with design and just being the point person for every vendor throughout the planning process so that you as the couple aren't bombarded with a million emails from vendors. And I'm just like the person that's sifting through questions that actually you guys have to answer also Mm -hmm. contracts and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then obviously there the day of creating the whole timeline, making sure everything is set up and running smoothly. Mm -hmm. Um, And then a step down from that, I call wedding management, which is, People throw around the word the day of coordinator when in reality a day of person doesn't exist. You have to to know the couple a little more than just showing up on their day. So I structured this uh, package as basically when the couple books me is when they can start having access to ask me any questions that they have. Mm -hmm. I just don't do any like vendor research or anything of communication with the vendors, Mm -hmm. but I will like help with questions on when should you have your time on the invitation, say like for your start time for your ceremony Mm -hmm. and do you need a permit to shoot in this location and just kind of guide them through the process and send Mm -hmm. them like, this is what you should be doing each month Mm -hmm. so that I don't walk into any surprises on their wedding day Mm -hmm. and then helping with the timeline, all of that. And then in there, um, uh, for eight hours on their wedding day, not a full day, like the full planning. Mm, okay. Okay. So that's great though. That's still a lot of assistance in a way. And then is there anything below that? Uh, I'm do also offer consultations that are just like hour long. Like if you have questions, um, on certain points or kind of like just need guidance on stuff, I offer that. Perfect. And then don't want to ask any specifics cause they can reach out to you for this, but like general ballpark of what, you know, a couple can expect for a wedding planning service in New mm-hmm. York. Yeah, I think that the biggest question for most couples when they even start anywhere, not even New York, is like, but where do I begin? Mm -hmm. And 
I'm sure that you can relate. Like the whole beginning is so exciting yet overwhelming. So I just look at it as I'm there to like provide guidance throughout the whole planning process. Um, Mm -hmm. It's usually people's like first time doing this. And so to have that, like, okay, I've been here, done that. I can help you with it. Um, But I think that the most important thing for any couple getting married is you need to, in the beginning, set an overall budget, Mm -hmm. which is sometimes very hard to even wrap your head around, but that will determine so much of what you can and can't do. Um, So, you know, have conversations with family, see if people are contributing, look at how much you have saved, like set a realistic number that's attainable Mm -hmm. so that you can work all your vendors into that budget. Mm. And when you're talking budget, you're talking uh, just for your whole wedding as a whole. I whole wedding as a whole and to think of even down to your dress and like all these little details I actually have that I can give you a link to. I have a link to this budget workbook that's like a free download that has Mm -hmm. all this like laid out so that people can look at like guidance on like what they should be doing. That's amazing. Yes. Please do send me that link and I'll attach it to this podcast episode. But um, on, on, on a more, you know, strategic note, like wedding planning wise for wedding planner, give us an estimate of, you know, just the general market out there, you know, a thousand to $10,000 for a wedding planner. Like what is, you know, uh, something viable for people to take away? Price points for wedding planning, full-on wedding planning, it totally mm-hmm. ranges. Mm-hmm. Um, my ballpark, depending on like guest count and all that, starts at around seven thousand. But mm-hmm. there are some that go up to like seventy thousand. <laughs> so <Whoa. laughs> it, those are like you know your top top people. Mm-hmm. Um, and for management and coordination, that ranges too. Mine's around like two thousand. I think 2250. So kind of that ballpark, but so yeah, that should also be included in your budget, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I would really look into if you aren't doing full planning to look at someone that can help with your wedding management to just alleviate some stress. Yes. So much so. And um, thank you for sharing that, Ashley. That, that was that was great um, specifics to kind of have in mind for the audience. Now, when you, uh, just bringing it back to the budget and planning, I, I can attest here, <laughs> you know, you kind of go in, you know, it's I can't stress enough uh, being a former bride two years ago on how you think you have a cer- certain budget in mind, and then it becomes that much more uh, expensive. Right. So, so you, you, do you recommend people leave like a flexibility of like 10 to 20,000 higher, you know, (laughs) plan for the the least and then add 20 cushion without telling someone? (laughs) It's so, I mean, you definitely need a cushion because things come up that you want to add and things like that. Um, but a good way to start with when people are like, I don't even know how much I can afford is mm-hmm. kind of like going back to like how much actually cash do you guys have? How, and then how many months away is your wedding? And then see how much you realistically can save a month. Mm-hmm. And then um, also just kind of look on people's website. Some people have prices listed. So you get a ballpark of like how much your top 
ideal people are charging. Mm -hmm. Um, but definitely have a buffer because so many things just come up that you can't even plan for. (laughs) Right. And so you want the more expensive. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Case in point (laughs) here. Um, but so I did a little research prior to our conversation and I'm just going to throw this out there, but tell, tell, tell us how realistic this is in your experiences planning for nearly five years in mm-hmm. New York City. Um, you know, in 2019, the average wedding cost for uh, New York City specifically uh, to, to have a wedding, they said, was about a $32,000 uh, budget. Is that like So something- that to me just seems so low. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are just so many, like – so many aspects to like a 200 person wedding is never going to cost you $30,000. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are a lot of factors that go into that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there are ways to do that, but again, it, it all comes down to what the couple envisions and what they are okay with uh, for going and what they definitely want. Like some people don't care as much about decor and mm-hmm. like the little details or a band versus DJ. Like there's ways to kind of cut that. Mm-hmm. Also mm-hmm. videographer versus not having that except for people then say, I wish I had a highlight reel. Right. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, I don't, I feel like my couple's wedding budgets are closer to mm-hmm. probably the 80K mark. Mm, okay. And that's like a starting point or like the higher end? It's kind of like an average, maybe like 70, but mm-hmm. they're in, that's like throughout Manhattan, Brooklyn, and Queens. Yep. And I would 100%, uh, you know, just kind of agree here with Ashley because I'm thinking this number could just be New York State as a whole. And that is right. a big, big state, That's, right? Yeah. <laughs> but in Manhattan, if we're talking $32,000 budget, you're probably going to get, um, you know, a 10 people wedding right. with the Central Park, uh, you know, um, a ceremony, uh, someone marrying you, and then, you know, dinner and things like that. Exactly. And then the the video and all that. So that's just to give you a good perspective on Manhattan wedding guys. And, 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 and since we're on this subject due to COVID-19 and how the landscape is changing in particular to weddings, is this adding maybe some budget friendliness for weddings or is it not changing the last landscape that much? So I think that like vendors and I'm not speaking for everyone, but for me, I always raise my prices like every year for the most part to an extent. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think that vendors are going to be doing that. But with restrictions on guest count Mm -hmm. having to be lower, it will definitely ultimately save people money. Because Mm -hmm. if you can only have 50 people at your wedding, then you're and you were planning for a hundred like you saved just so much money there Mm -hmm. um so yeah I think that they can be cheaper but then again people if they have extra money they want to like build these crazy flower walls and just like deck out the decor because they were already planning for it so like Mm -hmm. they're just gonna go for it so it's Mm -hmm. kind of a a mix of um budgets when it comes to it Right. Yeah. 
Agreed. And so um, I'm curious, Ashley, have you seen, you know, I mean, I'm sure you know, wedding planners, there's a community yourself included, has there been a decrease in cancellations in weddings this year, 2020? Absolutely. So for personal, for all my weddings, they Mm -hmm. all got moved to 2021 or even 2022. Wow. Um, most vendors, even like florists and photographers, uh, so many people rescheduled. Mm. And I think that it's just been a huge hit because the events world was like a billion dollar industry. Mm-hmm. And it just mm-hmm. came to like this crazy halt come like in the middle of March. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, it's not just like planners, it goes down to like, caterers, event staff, band DJs, like all these people that mm-hmm. had crazy summers booked. Now they don't get those final payments up this year. So I think it's definitely a hit and kind of a struggle. And that's why if people are canceling, I've heard that they're not getting deposits back because mm-hmm. number one, they're usually non-refundable. Mm-hmm. And um, number two, when you booked that specific vendor, they reserved that day for your wedding. So Mm -hmm. I know like this whole pandemic, it's nothing that anyone could have ever imagined, but Mm -hmm. it's kind of hard. It's, it's a weird thing to navigate this year for sure. Okay. And with that said, and I'm sorry, I'm going off the book here, but since we're talking about these topics and I have a question after another coming, rolling off my tongue here, are vendors, you know, you mentioned deposit, not getting it back. Uh, nobody foresaw COVID, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, but are they being flexible with uh, deposits moving forward? Or is it more stricter in the sense that, you know, moving forward, should, you know, we reserve this date? And mm-hmm. that's that. And if it doesn't happen, you're going to lose your deposit or yeah. tell me a little about that. So I definitely for everyone like listening that is going through this, you need to right now and moving forward, always review your cancellation policies in your contracts. And um, I think people are definitely being flexible because, I mean, no one wants to tell a couple like, sorry, I can't help you. Like that's Mm -hmm. insane. I don't think anyone in this industry would do that. Mm -hmm. So people are definitely honoring the change to the next year. Mm -hmm. Um, and rolling over that deposit. Some are requiring just like an extra payment, but keeping the same price, but just say you had like two payments left, they might change into three so that just cash flow purposes on their end as a vendor. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that people now, even on the vendor side, are really like making sure their contracts are... Um, you know, protecting both sides. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if a couple cancels, some say like, okay, well, you still have to pay me in full. So there's just like so much different wording in every contract. Mm -hmm. So definitely review that. And if you have a conversation with any vendor on the phone, just get it in writing, ask them to recap that conversation in an email so that everything's in writing because it could go back to like he said, she said kind of stuff. 
Wow, that's a great tip. And thank you for sharing that. And again, this is why having a wedding planner is going to save a lot of headaches and money in your pocket in in the long run. So particularly during this time. And I feel like we just kind of went straight into our third segment here talking about tips for wedding planning, (laughs) actually, but I'm going to roll it back in and then we'll dive deeper into that segment. You know, my final question in relation to wedding planning and your business and developing it and the services you offer is, you know, what is it you love most about weddings and wedding planning? I really think that it's my couples and it sounds cheesy, but I mean, looking like your wedding day is cherished, like for a lifetime, like you will Mm -hmm. remember that day you have the pictures, um, everyone that you love was there. And for having a couple, trust me, to be a part of their wedding day. And this whole planning process is just so rewarding that I am just, I'm so grateful. And I really think that that's like, I've become friends with them. Like you and I, like we go for drinks. Like I, I just love that aspect of it um, Mm -hmm. where like you build these relationships. A hundred percent. And you gave me goosebumps saying all that. That is what you to say. And my husband, Todd, said, say hi to Ashley as we're doing this. And we're neighbors. So that's yeah. like, let's go hang. Um, perfect, Ashley. So I want to dive deeper into more wedding planning tips for the audience in our third segment. So let's just kind of roll into that. And, and you know, if there's anything that you may not know how to answer or I'm coming too much at you, just stop me. Yeah. <laughs> so, Uh, All right. So I'd love to know, you know, gossip needs to hear. Hey everyone, since we're talking weddings, I definitely wanted to drop in here and share our photographer and videographer, Jalen Studios. Jalen Studios not only was the best photographer and videographer that we could have asked for, but they're the ones that captured the magic of our day. Not only did they capture that magic, but it translated into a published magazine with Destination I Do. So if you're looking for a New York photography company, definitely recommend checking out jlynnstudios.com. Now, back to the show. There's CDC guidelines in general. Um, you know, what, what are the CDC guidelines for New York and, and limitations to guests? Yeah, so guidelines right now are up to 50 guests, like masks, all staff has to wear them. Um, they ideally want everything to be outside if possible. And like, mm-hmm. sure, like your six feet social distancing. I think that a big thing is obviously like the disinfecting protocols and they're doing away with buffets. I've heard mm-hmm. A lot of caterers aren't doing buffets. So it's like plated food only. Mm-hmm. And another big thing that I find interesting is like there's no dance floor what yeah like you can't like dancing isn't really like allowed because you're mixing too much with like you can't be six feet away so they just like have you dance with like around your table kind of it weddings like seriously are not what they used to be right now oh my gosh where are you getting this this info from is it wedding i've had like i mean i've obviously like vendors that i'm in in touch with but also like friends that have attended weddings now Mm, okay just like 
And again, every venue, you just have to defer to them because they have their protocols set up. It's like their whole liability insurance kind of thing. So they'll be able to answer obviously these questions. So maybe they will allow a dance floor. I don't know. But Mm -hmm. I heard that like dancing isn't even allowed. That is crazy. It doesn't feel so much like a wedding if you're like prohibiting dancing and that whole, you know, you're with the people you love most friends and family. And it's one thing cutting the the wedding list, you know, another like not actually having fun on your wedding. Mm -hmm. So is there any alternatives here that are popping up that you know of in the sense of how to keep the liveliness to these weddings? (laughs) I've heard like that some are since you can't have dance floors, like you're able to like dance on top of tables. Oh, hey. Okay. <laughs> it's like a whole different type of vibe, which is kind of funny. Uh-huh. Um, and, but again, they're saying like, if guests wear masks, that's kind of a different ballpark. But in a sense, since it's only 50 people, they're saying like, keep six feet and then you don't have to wear a mask. It really comes down to comfort level. Um, like a personal comfort level mm-hmm. and just I I mean cutting a guest list is definitely hard mm-hmm. but I feel like this is such a strange time for everyone that you shouldn't feel bad disinviting guests but also mm-hmm. on the flip side if guests that are invited don't feel comfortable coming mm-hmm. like you have to respect their like own you know reasons yeah. why they're they're not coming because this is like totally uncharted waters. And, you know, some people just don't feel comfortable going to a gathering with people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With regards to vendors and it being specific to, uh, you know, venue locations on what you can and can't do. And uh, what, what would you say, how important it is to have wedding insurance? I mean, one, explain what wedding insurance is to people and if that's even relevant before COVID and now, you know, post COVID. Right. So there's so many different tiers of wedding insurance. So I'll try Mm -hmm. to like kind of do an overview of it. Um, But it basically, there's liability that basically if a guest gets hurt or something, you don't get sued. There's also usually the venue has something like this. So it's definitely to have an open conversation with both parties on this. And also there's cancellation insurance. But again, there's with insurance, as everyone knows, even with like health insurance, there's so many like stipulations. So definitely talk to someone on this. Mm -hmm. Um, But it could be, okay, this can be COVID related. Say Mm -hmm. your venue goes out of business and shuts down due to COVID. With insurance, some of some plans, you then can file with the insurance and get your deposit back. Mm, okay. So do you recommend uh, wedding insurance? And then what does it look like on a pricing point? Like, is it $50 a month for the 12 months of your planning? Like, mm-hmm. how, how does it work? Yeah, so I, I recommend it even for like non COVID related, mm-hmm. but uh, it ranges in what you're having coverage for. And you can some plans get um like up to 24 hours before your wedding but you usually want to book it when you have most of your vendors because they'll have you submit kind of like their contracts mm-hmm. um and you have to show proof that you paid kind of stuff for deposits but it ranges i feel like you can get it 
depending on what kind for like a hundred dollars. And I don't think that's even monthly mm-hmm. up to like 500. Okay. And that's just like so, a one-time charge. Yeah. Some might have monthly, but I mean, if you get like the top one, you'll probably pay obviously a lot more, but mm-hmm. it's pretty reasonable and um, definitely something to look into. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't disregard it during this time, yeah. you know. So, but um, thank you for sharing those details, Ashley. Now, you know, um, in regards to wedding dates, um, obviously, twenty twenty has almost been canceled or, or mm-hmm. changed for most people. You know, in pertaining to uh, next year and seeing, you know, uh, the horizon ahead and, and wedding planning, what are some popular wedding dates and ones that you should avoid? Yeah. So, I mean, 2021 is kind of going to be an interesting year just with how booked, like, so you have all the 2020 weddings for the most part got moved to 2021 if they could. Mm -hmm. And then you have all these regular brides that were already planning in 2021. So Mm. I feel like it's going to be a massive year the next two years for weddings. So especially even when if you're a guest, you'll probably attend like 15. But I think especially for New York, a spring summer is always popular because people like doing Hamptons and outside ceremonies. Mm -hmm. And then also like September, October, a thing with New York, and I feel like we have this with your wedding is weather. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you Mm -hmm. just never know what the weather is going to be. Yep. Um, So I always say, like, if you don't like your rain plan of the venue, like, don't book that venue because the weather is, like, the one thing you cannot control. So you want to love if you have to get married inside, if you were planning an outside ceremony, especially in New York. But, mm-hmm. like, I once had a bride. It wasn't anything to do with, like, outside ceremony, but she was getting married in February and had mm-hmm. a long-sleeved, beautiful dress and it ended up being like 80 degrees in Central Park on February. Oh, wow. It was like, it was just such a fluke hot day. So yeah, the weather you can't control at all. But I mm-hmm. think for next year, um, if you have to reschedule, like just reschedule later in the year, because we kind of have to, again, see how this all plans out. Mm-hmm. Um, like I wouldn't suggest rescheduling to like a February date. Mm. Okay. But then like specific wedding. So you said the um, summer and spring more so along spring lines, as well as uh, September, October, those are popular times. Yeah, the most popular kind of dates here. And, And you know, so I know during our wedding experience, depending on it, falling on a holiday on Monday, uh, you were going to be charged like a, a prime, um, yes. you know, uh, fee for your venue. Is that still going to be the case moving forward? Yeah, I think that you still will have to pay um, extra. I mean, some venues, maybe if it's like their only date left, and they're trying to like accommodate a couple having to reschedule, they might waive that extra fee. But for the most part, um you what long weekends are like a prime wedding date so you usually pay a more premium price mm-hmm. um but also like if you are rescheduling and you're flexible kind of like look at thursday weddings or look at sundays if you really have your heart set to get married at this venue next year or whenever it may be mm-hmm. um be a little flexible too 
Yeah, no, and, and I had a Sunday wedding, so and and I love that. It's we, you just make it a longer weekend for your guests and just let them know ahead of time so everyone can plan accordingly. So that worked out perfectly instead of paying the super premium highs on Saturdays and exactly. fighting for dates that were booked out months in yeah. advance. It's easy money, so yeah, yeah. So um, on that note, Ashley, you know what are some top New York spots you recommend for couples to get married at, you know, I guess moving forward for 2021? Yeah, I think that, um, I think outside is going to kind of be something that people kind of lean into for some places. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I mentioned a few earlier, just ones that like, cause I, I like a whole mix of places, which I, just love that aspect of my job. I can go to different venues and work with different people, but like Bryant Park Grill, they have a rooftop that you can mm-hmm. do the ceremony on mm-hmm. um, and then inside for dining. And I, you could also use the patio outside too. Um, then the boathouse at Central mm-hmm. Park, they have outside too. So that works. Uh, 620 Loft and Garden mm-hmm. is incredible views of the city um, mm-hmm. and they have outside too. And then also, some that I like that are like fun vibes and like different decor. The Bowery mm-hmm. Hotel is beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. They dinner would be inside, but they have like an outside uh, patio that can do like cocktail hour or whatnot. Uh, Gramercy mm-hmm. Park Hotel is a rooftop, which is stunning. And then Five Hundred One Union in Brooklyn. I've had so many weddings there, and they wow. have this atrium that they can roll up the garage doors to. So it can be like inside outside type feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just any type of venue you now are booking at, you just have to have a conversation about their, you know, sanitation protocol, their ventilation systems mm-hmm. and things like that to be aware of. Oh, I'm glad that you note those things because I don't think most of us would really think of that, but that's obviously prevalent now. And, you know, noting uh, outdoor uh, spaces and rooftops and I mean, that's almost going to be preferred, I'm assuming, given everything that's going on until we have a vaccine, right? Exactly. Thank you for sharing all that with us. It started giving me goosebumps. Wanted to go through the whole wedding process again. (laughs) But um, so on that note, what is it that you love most about New York as a wedding backdrop, Ashley? I love the skylines. Like I just love at night, wherever you are, for the most part, when you walk out at night or if you're on a rooftop and just like seeing the city lit up, it's just it just takes your breath away. And especially for guests that don't see this all the time, mm-hmm. it's just such like a fun experience for them too. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's pretty much like all my guests who came from out of right. state and it was their first time in New York. So, you know, definitely if you're coming from another state, it's going to be a wow factor for people that haven't been here. And even just being in the city and having some spots like Ashley mentioned are going to be wow factors. Anything New York is wow. Let's just put exactly. it that way. Right? I mean, that's why people come here. That's why it's it's the skylines. It's it's everything about it. So um, I guess like, you know, any crazy stories, any memorable stories about any weddings you've had? Um, I think, and I'm not even just saying that because we're chatting, but I loved yours because you really brought in that whole New York City feel for your guests. You really took in consideration like you got a bus to do sightseeing and just like the pictures in Grand Central and all of that it was very like New York City feeling yeah Um, 
And then I also liked one of my couples got married in the Hamptons and mm-hmm. it was just such like a fun thing. So we basically brought like all these New York City, Brooklyn vendors out mm-hmm. to the Hamptons uh-huh. and just like created this like stunning wedding on the beach that I really enjoyed too. So thanks for noting ours, you know, but I mean, it when you kind of touched upon both of those weddings, it's like, so there's one spectrum, right? There was our wedding. Um, that's very New York and skyline like, mm-hmm. and then there's the Hampton wedding, which is very New York too. And it's like the beach and the Hampton vibe and, and, and just yeah. more beautiful and chill, you know? So I, I love that. And, and guys, I know you've heard about our wedding my wedding here to my husband uh, uh, a couple times here through mine and Ashley's discussion. And just to know uh, when this podcast airs, it'll be September 30th, our two-year anniversary. So happy anniversary, Todd Monk. Love you. Uh, Just had to throw that out there. Um, I do intend to do a podcast with my husband at some point to kind of just give you our insight on you know, what our experience, uh, getting married in New York and all these topics that Ashley and I discussed was like, but on that note, changing the subject away from me, um, any advice you have for couples on what not to do and to do that you can think of just, just, you know, in regards to wedding, Ashley, anything I'm missing here? Yeah, I think just kind of to recap, like we said, I mean, the biggest thing I always say is figure out your budget, Mm -hmm. uh, get everything in writing. Mm-hmm. And um, like, really don't be afraid to ask questions to your vendors, um, whether it's about contracts or just anything that you have, like utilize the people that you booked that you're entrusting with your wedding day, because they've done this all before. Mm-hmm. And so you might think it's a silly question, but it could just save you so much time instead of just Googling, <laughs> because, mm-hmm. you know, they're the professionals, they they've worked usually in your space and whatnot. So just really utilizing them in your planning process. I feel like a lot of people, you know, they book their photographer, their florist, and then they don't talk to them until a Mm -hmm. few, like a month or two before their wedding Mm -hmm. day. So Mm -hmm. just definitely utilize them and, and hire a planner. <laughs> no, that is like, as you're talking about this, I'm like, well, of course, you should utilize your vendors. But also, if you have a wedding planner to do all this for you and, and kind of keep that line of communication open, your life would be so much more stress-free. And, and I, I get that it's not for full planning is not for everyone. And it's just then look at people that offer like the coordination or management and always just find vendors that you vibe with and that because you're going to be spending your entire day with them um so you want to feel Mm -hmm. comfortable and just know that you're in good hands so definitely trust your gut on certain things and have fun in the planning process because you know this is it's a beautiful day it is your wedding day but it's ultimately about your marriage to your partner and Mm -hmm. that's just what is going to be celebrated a hundred percent. Oh, that is so sweet. And on my note, just to add my two cents here, I feel like in this COVID world and right now in 2020 for anyone getting married and for people moving forward for 2021, I, I think of it as like, you know, you're, you're going through a moment in time and history that mm-hmm. you, your wedding is, 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 is one going to be about your day and your love forever, but it will also have a story to tell one day, right. To your future children. Exactly. 
So that is an exciting thing to think about. And so Ashley, please tell us where people can connect with you, where they can learn more about your wedding planning services and follow you on social media and all this good stuff. Yeah. So my website is ashleyperino.com. That's A-S-H-L-E-Y-P-E-R-A-I-N-O.com. And Mm -hmm. same for Instagram, it's ashley.perino. And I recently joined TikTok. So that's yep. the same, Ashley Bat Perino. Um, that's basically it. So, and I'll also send you that link so that they can download some freebies. Perfect. Help for guidance. And then to tie you into something potentially that's coming up, let, let's have you just briefly touch upon your intentions for 2021. My intentions for 2021 is to launch a wedding planning podcast. Yes. Called. I guess I shouldn't say what it's called. (laughs) We'll leave that as a surprise. Okay. But perfect. So you have a podcast in regards to wedding planning and tips. And I love that because that is very needed. And you have a lot of advice to give and particularly pertaining to New York, a city that is New York strong, people love and people want to come to and, and, you know, just feel the energy of it. So Ashley, thank you so much for, you know, all your expertise and your amazing insight in regards to wedding planning. I love that you are a wedding planner. I think everyone should have a wedding planner and it should be you if it's in New York. Thank you. Let's talk soon and and have cocktails. Thank you so much. You're making me blush over here. (laughs) Talk soon, Ashley. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Gossip Nista. Your support means the world. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please be sure to hit the subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends. Can't wait till next week's episode? Follow along on Instagram at Gossip Nista to get my latest New York happenings. But if you live and breathe New York City like I do and want even more, go to our website at GossipNista.com, explore, and subscribe to our newsletter to get insider tips first. Lastly, if you have any questions and or scoop on the city, you can email me at gossipnista at gmail.com. Until next time, you know you love me. XOXO, Gossip Nista.